Hey, my name is Stephen Perillis. I'm a real estate attorney in New York City, and I'm really honored to be on Sinai Radio. Um, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties because of the storm, but happy that we're here now. Um, there's so much to talk about in terms of New York City real estate, um, and I guess we'll get started. So, um, Residential real estate, that's uh, primarily what we do at uh, the firm I'm at. It's called Bitesh and Associates. We're located in New York City, in Midtown, and we also have a Garden City office. We represent buyers, sellers, and lenders on residential transactions and uh, mortgages. Um, we also do some commercial real estate. Um, there's a ton going on in the industry right now with commercial real estate with the new uh, rent regulations. Um, I'm sure many of you who are involved in the industry have heard of landlords up in arms over uh, the new regulations. In short, it seems like uh, rents will never be able to be deregulated if you have a stabilized unit. So all these landlords who paid premiums for their buildings uh, will never be able to deregulate the units and rent them out for market rate. Um, there was a lawsuit actually commenced um, in New York um, where the landlords are trying to push back and trying to uh, deem these new regulations as unconstitutional. Um, in some, they're saying, how could the government uh, take away their right to list their apartments for what they want. And one of their biggest um, arguments is if, in fact, it's a government uh, benefit or a public benefit to have regulation and to have subsidies, well, then the government should be funding that. So they should be compensating the landlords for uh, the subsidies that are in fact given and why should the landlords be the ones subsidizing for the public good on their own. So there's definitely a lot to talk about in this realm. Um, but back to what we do primarily, uh, we represent buyers and sellers in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, um, and a lot of Long Island properties as well. Uh, we specialize in private houses, townhouses, condos, and co-ops. And it's important when you engage with a real estate attorney to make sure that they specifically do real estate and they don't do a little bit of wills and personal injury and criminal law because although from the outset, the outset a uh, transaction can look um, simple, there's a lot of intricacies and a lot of moving parts uh, when it comes to a real estate deal. And you want to make sure that your deal goes smoothly. I see that a lot of people who buy real estate are often nervous, as they should be. They're, they're first-time home buyers. It may be uh, the most expensive um, purchase of their lives. Um, but they, they seem to want to cut corners when it comes to uh, their real estate attorney. And they will go with one attorney over another over a few hundred dollars in price. Um, 
And so I want to bring on someone who can maybe share some thoughts on that. How are you? Hey, Karen. Yes, hi. How's it going? Great. Listening to you, your voice is like so soothing. You speak to someone oh, turns like so wired up, and I'm like, <laughs> you're so you're great. It's a perfect. Uh, Perfect trait to have in an attorney, you know, calm, collected. Thank you. It really is. Well, if this is the end of your day, you know, put your feet up and listen to my soothing voice as I put you to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening. I wanted to just, like, chime in a little bit what you were saying about, you know, using a specific real estate attorney and not a attorney who does real estate. I find that so important because a lot of times buyers come to me, you know, where finally they've been searching for months, if not a year, searching for months, they, you know, back and forth with the negotiation process, the offers, home inspection, and then finally it's like, who's your attorney? And, you know, two things I wanted to ask you, one that you brought up now with you is specifically an attorney who specializes in real estate. Because right. a lot of times people tell me, what do I need that for? My cousin is an attorney. He could do it for me. And, yes, you will save money. Sometimes you don't necessarily save money. I see, you know, by the closing, their cousin or their uncle tells them, you know what, give me $2,000. I'm, like, thinking to myself, are you joking? Another attorney would have charged you whatever that uh, – in Brooklyn, another attorney would have charged you that price. Just, you know, it wasn't it's not an uncle discount or a cousin discount. So – I find that when there's a relative involved or when you don't use an attorney who's a real estate attorney, he doesn't know how to analyze the contract properly and he overreads into things. Or I'll give you an example. Uh, we had a deal, it was that last summer exactly. You know, like, let's say, the dep- let's say the down payment's 20%, right? So when they sign contract, they usually put like 10% by signing contract typically, right? Right. So unless you're selling a property, you put 5%. Sure. So um, the attorney was not a real estate attorney. She dabbles in real estate for friends. Like friends get the treatment, but it's not a favor to help your friend out because you don't know what's in. So she told me, you don't know the trend. The trend is to put the whole down payment when you sign contract. Did you ever hear of that? No, no. no. Um, I mean, everyone comes up with their own thing sometimes. It was, she's like, that's the trend. And she's like, well, you don't know. And she's like, how many years are you in the business? And I don't even want to get there. Sure. I, I could you know, I was like, I was only five years in the business, but I wanted to tell her, like, it's 20, you know, it was, it was 2018. I'm like, no one puts the whole down payment down. And she was so adamant about putting the whole 20% down by signing a contract. It, it was just like, so, yes, using an attorney who specializes in real estate knows, you know, what to be worried about and what to say. You know what? It's not worth fighting about. And I find that you're, you have a great balance with that. Thank you so much. But, you know, it's, it's not just, um, you know, the possibility of saving on the, you know, using someone you know. You could also save money by using someone who may be a little more expensive at the outset, but they know how to save you money throughout the deal. For example, um, a lot of people are, are buying new development condos uh, around the Brooklyn and Manhattan area, especially now where it seems to be a little bit more of a buyer's market. 
there are certain concessions that the sponsors will give, you know, these developers will give. And if you're proficient as a purchaser's attorney or as a, you know, a real estate broker, you know to ask for certain concessions. Um, traditionally, a purchaser will pay for the New York City and New York State transfer tax when they buy in a new development. That's a tax that normally a seller would pay, but on a new development that, that is flipped to the purchaser. But in a market like we have today where there's an overabundance of uh, new development units, um, that's something that the broker and or the purchaser's attorney can go back to the sponsor and their attorneys with and say, if you want us to get into this deal, you should cover that. And that could save a purchaser tens of thousands of dollars possibly. Um, another uh, popular fee on these new development units is um, a soup is a resident manager's unit. So they may deem that the resident manager's unit within the building is a million dollars, and they split that cost among all the other purchasers in the building. That's the that's another concession that maybe the sponsor would pick up. So in the beginning, they will traditionally tell a purchaser to pay it, but you can negotiate that. And so these are all things that an experienced broker or real estate attorney will know to ask for that an attorney that does everything will not know to ask for. Um, the difference, by the way, just so you know, everyone knows what we're talking about in terms of difference in attorney's fees, is typically between $500 and $1,000. It's not like we're talking about a difference of attorney's fees in $10,000 or three or $4,000. We're talking about a difference between $500 and $1,000. Yes, yes, and I'll, I'll, like just you know piggybacking on what you just said, um, we had one of my first deals where you know if a buyer would come in with an attorney, generally now also if a buyer comes to me and if they ask me for a referral, I know who I refer. Um, sometimes they just come in, it's their family friend, this is who they're used to, and I'm fine with that. Sometimes they ask me what's the difference, I educate them. So one of my first few deals, well, yeah, like a few years ago, there was uh, someone who, there was an attorney I recommended, and he was literally like five, six hundred dollars difference from an attorney that their family member you know referred. So they said, "Listen, the money was tight. We're saving a few hundred bucks. Why not?" And obviously, along the way, I got educated with the differences of attorneys and why it's worth it to pay, and how you show them you're really like saving five hundred in one pocket, but you're losing an unlimited amount, a possibility of unlimited amount. In this case, it was like over $1,000 that they ended up losing because by the actual closing, the sellers wanted to stay in the house longer and the buyers needed to just close. Their, their mortgage, the uh, relock was expired. They had to close that day. The sellers weren't ready to move. And all of a sudden, um, they, they had to let the seller stay in there for a few weeks while they were paying rent in an apartment, so it ended up costing them that five, six hundred dollars that they wanted to save cost them so much more because their attorney didn't fight for them. Their attorney didn't say, "Listen, he, he could have put his foot down and say, no, they need a vacant by closing,' but he didn't." You know, this, um, so it was, this is just like one example that was so apparent to me how important it is to get an attorney who really understands the process that fights for you and is, you know, is reasonable in what he's. Asking so yes, that the few hundred dollar difference that you're saying, five hundred to a thousand difference, it makes it's it's not worth skimping on that part of the deal. 
Yeah, I agree. It also um, is very helpful uh, to use an attorney that's proficient in the type of deal you're doing. So I know you specialize in um, residential Brooklyn, what maybe I would call suburban Brooklyn. You know, you're doing private houses primarily. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, Correct. Mm -hmm. And that's very different than someone who's doing a co-op in Manhattan. And right. so it's important to use an attorney who knows the specific deal. Right. That's true. It's very overlooked, and uh, it's very true. I had an attorney literally like in end of June, um, not from this area, and the sidewalk violations in Brooklyn is a common, common issue lately. And um, he literally told my transaction manager, I, I don't know what to do. He's like, figure it out. She's like, you're the seller's attorney. You have to tell your client what to do. And he's like, oh, we'll figure it out by the closing because I don't know what to do. I was like, are you joking? So, yeah, I, I agree with that, that the, the attorney should also be, you know, be in the know of, even if he's a real estate attorney in Jersey, it's very different than a real estate attorney in New York, very different. Sure. And it's also, I would think, good to use um, a team of people who have worked together before. So... If you have worked with a, you know, if you're working with a broker and that broker recommends an attorney or a mortgage banker, it's good to take those recommendations because that broker is in the industry and has filtered people out. Right, right, right. Um, I find that the biggest um, mistake uh, people make is when it comes to co-ops. Co-ops are very different. You know, you're not buying property per se. You're buying shares of a corporation. And so um, you need to have a, a stock and lease at the closing. Um, the average person wouldn't necessarily know what that means, but the attorneys will know what it means. And if the attorney is not familiar and they show up at a closing and uh, the seller's stock and lease is not physically at the closing, they may have to adjourn the closing for for you know, a month or more. Ever happened to you? Sure. Um, you know, so when a person buys a co-op, they're buying uh, shares of a corporation. At the closing, they get a physical stock certificate. It looks almost like currency, but it's larger. Um, and if they have a mortgage, the bank automatically takes that stock and lease, and it's their collateral in exchange for giving... Uh, the mortgage, and when that seller goes to sell, the bank has to show up at the closing. They have a representative from a law firm who who represents the bank. They show up at the closing with the physical stock and lease, and they give it back in exchange for their uh, payoff on the mortgage. And many times, sellers' attorneys do not know to order that stock and lease from the bank. And if they don't order it and it's not at the closing, you have to adjourn the closing. And something like that could cost a buyer thousands of dollars by adjourning a closing. Maybe their personal belongings is, is currently on a moving truck. Maybe they are, you know, they're moving that day out of their new place. They have nowhere to go. Um, there's all types of adjournment fees that go with it. So it's very important to use an attorney who's proficient. And the difference between spending maybe 1000 on a uh, real estate attorney as opposed to 2000 or 2500 is really not a lot of money when we're talking about such a 
you know, possibly crucial mistake. Right. Okay. Uh, what are you seeing in the market and in, in like the neighborhoods you specialize in? So, in terms of like price, let's say. So for sure, the market is, I would say, definitely a buyer's market now. The, like. From last summer, a little before last summer, it's been slowly, obviously, the market has been changing as we go along. Um, the past five years, every few months, the market has, you know, went up and up and up. The, homes, the home values just have gone up significantly. Definitely um, has been going down the past even, like, three months. It's a healthy market in terms of definitely we're sending out deal sheets and contracts and there's closings. Definitely the buyer confidence in the market and the proof is of how many showings and offers and movements, you know, has been going on. The past even three weeks, people are saying, oh, the summer is dead. I'm like, I, we can't breathe. You know, it's, it's very busy, thank God. Right. So um, I would say the prices are stabilizing and there's more buy. There's a lot of inventory. So buyers are not grabbing. It used to be like you had a listing, you put it up. We're in contract in a few weeks. Not happening anymore. Takes right. longer for buyers to, you know, look around, look what else is available on the market for the home to just absorb in the market. And um, you know, a big thing in terms of like once a buyer gets an accepted offer, when we speak to buyers and we just do the intake and see where they are in the mortgage process. Last week, Arya did a great, great podcast about the mortgage process and getting a pre-approval. So I find that. You know, when I speak to a buyer, they'll go through the pre-approval process if they're, you know, show them the importance. But for some reason, you could help me and maybe we could find a solution. They wait till the last minute to either get an attorney, call their attorney, figure out. Sometimes I ask people, like when I meet a seller and I get a listing, I ask them straight from the beginning who your attorney is, who will you be using? And sometimes they tell me, I have four or five that I could choose from, I'm not sure. One is my neighbor, one is from, you know, Shul, one is my cousin. So I always like when they, like, pick an attorney and decide who, don't wait to the last minute. Uh, what's your thoughts? Like, do you, is it different? Do you find that people call you up, like, early on in the process or no, like when they have an accepted offer? So the way that um, most attorneys like myself get our business and our clients is from referrals. Um, our biggest referrals are real estate brokers and loan officers and mortgage brokers at banks. Um, it all depends on how aggressive the real estate broker is with getting a head start on things. And there's a lot of things that an attorney can do to get a head start on the process before a buyer gets into contract. Um, specifically for private houses, like uh, the inventory you work with, um, a good attorney could look into the property to see if there's any violations, if there's open permits on the certificate of occupancy. Um, they could uh, review an inspection report um, just so that their client, the purchaser, knows what they're getting into before they sign the contract. It's really important for an attorney to do that due diligence uh, rather than having the client find out after they're in a binding contract um, what the situation is with the property. And I know um, in the areas you focus in in Brooklyn, right, you're in Midwood, Madison, 
Marine Park, it tends to be, from my experience, that there's a lot of, there could be a lot of violations and open yeah. permits on properties. Stephen, could you, could you like shout that out again? How many <laughs> violations? It's no joke. I would say this the past year, like if you, you know, every year has its own like you know issues that crop up. The past year, the issue of this past year is open permits violations, plumbing permits, vacate orders. I would say like one out of three homes for sure had an issue before, has money in escrow because of sidewalk violations, many, plumbing, electric was not signed off, illegal, a lot of issues. And I think uh, people who are purchasing a home and doing work, they have to think twice about, you know, finalizing, getting that CFO and taking care of it before they even think of selling. Um, Right, right. And, you know, what an attorney can do is they have a good relationship with a title company they can call the title company, ask them to run uh, a, a search on the property to see what violations um, come up. Um, Brooklyn very much seems to be its own animal, and it seems to be people just do what they want when it comes to renovations and building. They don't get the proper viol- uh, a permit, and when they go to sell, um, or maybe if they even go to refinance, uh, it comes to bite them later. Right, and refinance... Um Sometimes people tell me, but I just refinanced. I saw a home that has, I opened up Department of Buildings in front of the cell, and I said it's an open stop work order. There's open things that are illegal. He extended the house insane. He's like, but I refinanced. So I said, yes, sometimes the bank could come and refinance, and it's, they're not as strict as a, as a sale. So they'll overlook things where as, you know, a sale wouldn't. So what do you do if someone comes to you? I think today our office called you up with an issue, uh, yes. parking violation, right? So right. very helpful with that. So, yeah, basically if, if you see, do you recommend the buyer not buy it, or how do you work through that? There's a few things that could be done. What's ideal is if a seller clear things up before we get into contract, right? Let's say that the seller knows they want to list their property, they know that there is a, a violation that exists. Before they even list and they get prospective buyers, they should call an expediter and they should get it done properly. That way when they start the process of selling, they know they're selling a clean product and there's not going to be um, bumps along the way. If, you know, often we're not in such an ideal situation a seller maybe didn't know that there were outstanding violations or permits against them uh, or against their property, rather. There's things that can be done. Um, so a lot of the traditional retail banks will always want a title report that the purchaser order, the purchaser's attorney orders to include municipalities, which list all these searches uh, for open permits for violations, and if such exists on the property, or in the case of an apartment on the specific unit, if it's on the building, the bank may not care, but if it's on the unit, they usually will care. Uh, That has to be cleared up. Um, There's certain exceptions that will be made, um, but then there's other mortgage lenders who will not specifically look into these open items. Um, I know that uh, you and I both work a lot with FM Home Loans, with 
are you brush it from FM home loans? And they seem to be a little bit more lax in that regard. However, just because your lender is lax does not mean you as a purchaser want to be lax. If someone is selling a house to you, why would you want to inherit their defects on the property? So exactly. So there's things you can do. If, if, if you need to close, you can work with a bank that's a little more lax. They won't necessarily look into such violations, and you can get it fixed later. The way you would do that is when you get into contract, you give the seller's attorney a down payment. They hold, at the time of contract, traditionally 10% of the purchase price, and you can, um, in your contract, have an escrow clause that will state that the seller's attorney is not to release a certain amount of that 10% to their seller at closing until the seller uh, cures whatever violation or open permit there is um, on the property. So I'm actually, right now as we speak, um, negotiating a contract for a house on Long Island. And there is an issue on the certificate of occupancy. I believe they renovated a basement and somehow the ceilings were too low and they needed a permit for that. And I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, would, they need somehow to get that cured. I don't know if the local municipality is going to make them undo certain construction that they did, which is a big deal, but often, you know, is not so severe where they need to do that. Sometimes they just need to file the proper permits. So if the seller is holding 10% of a purchase price, let's just say that's $30,000, the purchaser's attorney could move forward with the deal by saying, we will close with the open permit. Our lender, let's say it's FM Home Loans, does not care about that, the fact that there's an open permit, but we still want the seller to cure this if they, can't, if they don't have enough time to do it before closing, because between contract and closing, it's you know, between, let's say, 30 and 90 days. Um, closing at such a permit could take 180 days. Um, we could put a clause in the contract that says, we're going to close, but of that $30,000 that's being held by the seller's attorney for the down payment, you are not to release 10000 of it. So you're, you have to hold 10000 back from the that's, seller, that's pretty right, common. escrow, until they cure such an issue. Uh, sometimes other lenders who are more strict will still allow such an such instrument right. or device with, with an escrow hold back. Right. Okay. I think um, you are super informative. It was a, today was great. We had a lot of people listening on the line. So... Thank you for that. Thank you. And great. So um, if anyone has any questions, uh, reach out to us. Sure. Feel okay. free to call in. Um, you could call when me or Karen. Yes. Do you know how to do you know, do you know how to stop a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, great. Perfect. Thank you so much, Karen. Okay. Bye. We'll talk. Sure. So if anyone has any further questions, they could call me anytime. Um, my office number is 646 eight six seven six three three zero or they could email me at Stephen S T E V E N at Biteshlaw.com. That's B E T E S H L A W dot com. I would be happy to speak to any of you at any time 
regarding any questions you may have with purchasing or selling a property, any type of property, or if you need help in getting um, a mortgage at a good interest rate, we work with some of the best lending professionals in the state. And I look forward to hearing from you all. Thanks so much.